What's up, everybody? It's your host, Rob Mars. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, episode 30. Well, this will be part three. Um, well, funny thing is, right, um, I was, I mean, we all are going through a tough time right now. Um, just the shocking news of hearing about Kobe Bryant's passing. Um, but the funny, like I said, just, the, I mean, I know this is not a funny situation, but just the funny thing is I was recording um, on Sunday, hoping to have an emergency podcast on the passing of Kobe Bryant. And I literally recorded it once, everything okay. For whatever reason, it didn't save. I think I was distracted with something else that might have been you know, watching, you know, the, all the tributes and all the interviews, um, on NBA TV that day. And just, this is, this was just like, it was just that type of day. It was on a Sunday where you just, you're at home and you're just, just kind of in awe and in shock of this whole situation. But yeah, I recorded a, a, an emergency podcast on it. It didn't save. So I had to re-record uh emergency podcast again pretty much you know you know explaining everything which i'm going to explain to you guys right now all my feelings about this whole situation i know it's two days so it's kind of all these those raw emotions have passed you know even though i don't have never i don't know the guy personally i was really choked up about it and really sad that that this happened to him you know such such a great player that i looked up to and just was a role model growing up as a child well, basically, it was just a big part of my childhood. And like I said, I was just, just was dedicated to try to put out an emergency podcast that day. And second time around doing it, just had the determination to do it again. And my dad calls me. And he's like, he was, he was the first one to call me and let me know. Right now, me and my dad have a close relationship. So he kind of knows how I was feeling about, you know, Kobe Bryant passing away. And he's like, oh, man, I'm I'm sad about Kobe passing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, like, just I really literally just just got done recording when he called me. So what happened was after the phone call ended with my dad or my father, I find out it wasn't saved again. So it's just like it's and it's just like the program I use, I've been using it since the start. I mean I feel like it's been a good program. I, I mean I don't really use a ton of equipment. I'm still trying to upgrade that. But it's been working for me so far. I mean, I've been able to put out pretty good quality sounding podcasts with this program. But that's probably the one thing I would say that's a pet peeve. Of like if you don't save it initially when you're done recording, you'll lose that. And it's not nothing more frustrating than losing all your all your thoughts and 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 all everything that you put out that you know, you pretty much put something out of the heart and soul of what you what you wanna put out there to the world to hear and it ends up not being saved and that's the most <laughs> most frustrating thing ever, but I'm here today with you guys to, you know, to, like I said, to really 
Um, just think about and reflect. I mean, you have two days. I mean, it's two days have passed since this tragedy has happened. To reflect on this, you know, this this great player's life and how everyone was hurt. Like everyone, I, I mean, you, I mean, we don't even really know the guy. Like I don't even know the guy personally. All I know is that I grew up watching him. I, you know, what I'm saying we all, we all, I, as kids, we all idolized him. Um, we played, you know. We played out on the court with our friends, played, you know, pickup games. And when we were younger, we all screamed out Kobe when we shot a fadeaway. Like, like, if you didn't have that moment, like, I don't, like, that was just like, that's what it was. Like, we really idolized Kobe Bryant. And it just hurts. Like, I shed a few tears. Um, and I'm not known for crying. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an emotional person. I'm pretty, you know, a person that's just kind of serious in a way. Let's just that's just my demeanor. I'm not really a person that really is emotional. But I I couldn't hold it in, man. I um you know, just watching all everyone's uh reactions to the whole thing. It's just so sad. I just remember waking up from a nap and we all can remember when we heard the news what we was doing. This is that type of tragedy that we all um, we'll remember what we was doing. And I, I mean, normally I just don't, I don't get sad over celebrity, uh, uh, tragedies or celebrity deaths, but this one hit home big time. And I woke up from a nap. Uh, like I said, the TV was on. That's a bad habit of mine that I leave the TV on. I, I know some people, some of you guys can relate to that or, or that's just me, but I always leave the TV on. Not all the time, but just, you know, occasionally I might be watching something and I doze off. That's what happened. And I woke up from a nap. It was, you know, peacefully. And MBTV's on. I wake up. And it's just like, you're like, you see that on the bottom screen, it says Kobe Bryant has has passed away to a, he's in a helicopter, uh, evolving a helicopter crash, or he, or that was the, uh, that was his death, and you're just, like, in awe, like, you can't even believe it, like, what do you mean Kobe Bryant died, like, you can't even, like, we just seen him, I just, we just, what, we seen him the other day, I see, I mean, he, Kobe Bryant's always in, always, you know, uh, always a public figure that's always, you know, you know, you, you see all these um, ESPN things that he has, and he, you know he does detail for ESPN, which I love. I love that he did that. I thought that was like so. Um, that's what I like to do. I like to um, dissect players' strengths and weaknesses. So it's like that's how you know Kobe kind of relates to me because he kind of has an intellectual side to him when it comes down to breaking down, you know, the you know the nuances of basketball and this. What I like to do when I put out these podcasts every, you know, every week or two, and it's just like I like to break things down and, 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 and you know, it's the reason why I was able to put out a top 100 list because I just, I enjoy that. Like, that's a passion of mine to to really have, feel like I want to have a keen eye to talent from 
all the way from the high school level. And it's just like, that's how, how much of a basketball fan I, I am. Like I'm very passionate and all that. And I just think I could see that's how Kobe was with those details. Um, uh, those detail shows on, on ESPN plus, like he, like he broke down players, strengths, weaknesses, and he watched the film and broke it down in every way. And it's just like, it was like, I was very interested in watching all those. I, I, I think I didn't see all of them, but I seen Jason Tatum's one. I seen, I think he had one with James Harden and he just is like, he had pretty much one for pretty much all the top players. Um, I, I think he had a good amount of them. I think if you have ESPN Plus, look it up. He, I'm pretty sure they're still on there. Um, but yeah, it's just like he was gonna be such a great player. I mean, su- not he would have been such a great um, humanitarian off the court. I mean, he like obviously he was a family man, which is makes it so sad. Is that he he died with his daughter in this in this helicopter crash and it's just like and obviously you know nine people died in this incident so it's it's such a sad sad tragedy that was so unexpected and we're just kind of just like trying to just figure out you know we're kind of just like in this days like just finding out all the details and and finding out all the other people that died as well, because they, they all they they all matter too. You know, they all were part of this tragedy. So nine people died in that helicopter crash, and it's just sad. It's very very sad. And like I said, I I shed I shed a tear. I shed a tear. I choked up a few times. I to be honest with you, because this like just watching. Uh, Doc. What really hit me the most was Doc Rivers' interview because I felt like it was full circle. You know, Stock Rivers was, you know, a former Celtic coach. You know, I remember watching all those games against the Lakers. We played against Kobe Bryant in those NBA Finals both times. That's when he got so sad and he, he was teary-eyed and red-eyed and and he couldn't, couldn't, couldn't compose himself at that moment. I just, I lost, I, I, I got choked up and I, I shed a few tears. I had tears flowing down my face. I was just like, and some some guys they don't want to you know, some guys don't like to be that sensitive or really have that side of them that can let that out. But and I and listen, I've 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 had I've been through a lot of um, funerals and stuff, and and it's just like for you know, and I've been sad in those funerals as well. But I felt like this hit home just like those funerals, like if not worse, like because it's just like you kind of. You kind of felt for him because, you know, even though you didn't know him, you know, he, I mean, he died with his daughter, like, and who knows how, how his last moments were. And just, just imagine how, how frightening and, and, and just, I don't know. I don't know if it was just a sudden way of how, how it happened, but it's just, it's just so sad. It's just such a sad, uh, it's going to be a sad time for a while for us to really get through this. Um, Cause it's just such, such a relatable thing as well. You can relate, you know, as you know, people that have children or that are fathers, they can relate to that and just, they don't want that to happen to them. So it was really just a, 
just a just uh, just a sudden event that just really just shocked us all. We all were in shock. Social media, all you can see is Kobe Bryant, this Kobe Bryant, that, and it's just is we all, you know, especially with my generation, I felt like this was our, which that's what I'm gonna nickname this, uh, not nickname, but I'm gonna name this podcast. Or under the description, this was my MJ. I feel like, I, I mean, at the time, if I could just, like, kind of break it down for you guys real quick, you know, how it all started as me being a, a basketball fan. I think I was, like, about six years old. I just remember, you know, remember, you know, being with my brother, my older brother, and his, you know, he used to have his, you know, friends. They were watching the, the NBA Finals. I remember this. I can only remember it in, in, in kind of, I can't remember it like uh, in really not much. I can't remember it in much detail, but I could just remember watching uh, Michael Jordan um, play against the Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals. And that's where it all started with me because I just thought that Jordan was so great as just a kid. It kind of, it really influenced me and really you know, it really helped me to kind of like, you know, understand that I, that's what I would wanted to do or like, that's what was my passion was just as a young kid. And that's, and, um, yeah, I mean, I just remember being in the house, just, you know, getting a, um, crate, two crates and, 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 um, toy, and, you know, a little, uh, storage bin. I, I would shoot, uh, baskets in that storage bin as a young kid. And I think that's where it all started. It started with that. And then, like I said, it's just like, you know, it starts with Jordan. But like I said, that was really, really where it all started. I never really seen Jordan's prime. So Jordan's prime was in, you know, early 90s. That's when I was like really young. I don't remember, you know, Jordan's prime at that time. I really kind of seen like the kind of the end kind of like the end for Jordan, like his, you know, his last few years in the league, you know, obviously remember him as a Washington wizard, but really that was not really significant. Like, you know, his run in the late, in the, in the mid to late nineties and early nineties where he won those six titles. So really, you know, Kobe won five titles. So I was able to really kind of see his whole career in a whole, you know, obviously Kobe he came into the league in 1997 um, and that was a great draft class, by the way. I mean, KG was in that same draft class. Allen Iverson, that was a that was a star-studded draft class. And he obviously was the youngest guy to come into the league at 17 years old. Um, just, you know, him and KG were, you know, both guys that came out of high school, by the way. And those were the first few guys to come out of high school since, um, you know, tw- I think it was like, go back to 20 years since, we had another uh, player come out of high school that went to the NBA. And it all started, I just remember, you know, seeing, I didn't remember it briefly, just but, but I remember seeing footage of of him winning the slam dunk contest in his rookie season. I mean, he had short hair and, you know, like kind of like the short haircut he has now, but you you seen him evolve over the years. Like we literally seen him grow from a boy to a man and when you when you can kind of can see all that, it becomes somewhat relatable to you, 
because you know we all grow and we all evolve and and we change you know throughout the years. You've seen Kobe change throughout the years. He started to grow an afro and had a goatee, and you know he he wore number eight early in his early in his career, um, and then you know he had great years, a great few years, and then eventually uh, the Lakers eventually traded for Shaquille O'Neal, and that's where it all started. Where you've seen this great run with him and Shaquille O'Neal winning championships. They won three championships with Phil Jackson. And it's just like you remember all those big games he had against the, the Spurs and the Portland Trailblazers and all the all those great Western Conference teams in the early. I mean, they had I, I felt like it was a tough road for them to get through the Western Conference. I think once they got to the Western Conference, he was going to win the NBA championship. That was probably the toughest conference at that time. And they had to go through a lot of good teams in the Western Conference. Um, I think they... I think Utah was good at that time, but I mean, I, I don't really remember all that, but I just remember just how talented Shaq and Kobe were at that time. And and Kobe, he didn't really, like, you see all these super teams, you see these stacked teams. Now, I don't think really Kobe believed in stacking his team up. He, I felt like he just needed one, you know, if it was just him, he said, I could just do it on my own. He's, that was just his mentality. And we all we all grow to love this mentality that he's had. And really, it's really inspiring. I, I think he's really, and, you know, you know, sometimes you don't realize that when someone dies, that, like, man, he kind of inspired me. You learn about his life through all these, um, through all these, you know, reactions after he dies, you know, all these interviews that people you know, they share all the memories and stuff that they had with, with Kobe. And you're like, man, that, I mean, that can, that was pretty relatable to me. And I just felt like I, sometimes I have that, I have that mentality that he has as a hard worker and just, and just like, I don't know, just like, I don't want to really talk too much about myself, but like I said, it's just like parts of him you can relate to. And it's just like, he believed in just, you know, accountability and hard work and making sure things get done. And like I said, they have a quote where he says, there's no substitute for hard work. Um, Like in order for you to get it, you have to work hard. I mean, we have all these quotes, all these memes that are out on social media right now. Just really, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a sad time, man, to just go through all this and, and just you know, cause that you know, you kind of look up to the guy in a way, cause he just he just everything he stood for, he stood for all the the great things and all the great morals. I mean, he wasn't perfect. We all, I mean, people want to bring up you know the Colorado incident, but he wasn't perfect. But at the same time, I thought he he brought more good to the world than bad. And people have to understand that, like, no one's not perfect. People make mistakes. We all make mistakes. You know. Who knows what happened? Truly, those you know those, that case was dropped, but I won't really get into detail with that. But it's just like Kobe was was probably becoming a more mature um, man than he was when he was playing, and he become he became a guy that was really 
um, looked at. He, he was a guy that really, he really gave his time. He really wanted to be an ambassador out there, and he really wanted to look out for people after he retired. And, you know, you know, you hear all you hear interviews. I heard uh, Ramona Ramona Shelburne, which she works for ESPN. She was saying like after he retired, he's doing all these things, and she was like saying, "Slow down, like enjoy your retirement." But she, but he wanted he wanted to just put his imprint on the world, and he and he did it, man. He got an Oscar for the um, miss uh, that he had that short um, little short animated sh- short that won an Oscar. I think it was called Mister Basketball. So he did a he, he want. I mean, he would just imagine what he could have done if he was still alive. I mean, he could have done a lot of other great things. They're saying that he he was doing a lot for the WNBA and like I said with his you know his daughter that passed with him, he was taking his his daughter to all the, all the WNBA games and trying to um trying to influence her, trying to ingrain all his all his personality traits into her, so that way she can become the had the mentality that he had as a killer, and she'd be a similar basketball player you know coming up to what he was when he was younger he was just trying to really really push her to be what he was you know and be that as a you know as a girl basketball player and it's just you know it's just sad he I mean you know he was basically going to he was a coach for his uh his daughter Gigi he was a coach of her of his of her team and it was like obviously there was the two other girls in that helicopter with him with their with their parents they were all going to that mamba um mamba i think it's called mama mentality tournament or mama gym or whatever they were going to that gym for that tournament and it's just it's it's um like i said to really kind of wrap it up because i want to kind of get into um I want to get into the um, my All Star um, reserves, what my picks for All Star reserves. So we'll kind of end the podcast with that. But to 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 wrap it up, he was just like he um I mean, he was larger than life. Like the way way things were becoming for him after retirement. Like we all know how great of a player he was, you know. And I mean, as he won all those championships with Sat Jack. I think his legacy was so much bigger once he won those two after Shaq because he kind of did it with talent. That I mean, those teams had no business. Those teams had no business winning championships, man. I know the NBA wasn't what it was like it is now. I mean, I don't think his team, that team, would have been able to get it out the West. Wouldn't be able to get out the West semifinals. How stacked these teams are now in the West. So it's just. You know his sec his second best player on, on that on both those uh, championship teams was Paul Gasol, and before Paul Gasol came to uh, before Paul Gasol came to L A he was he was like you know, people were calling him soft and he you know he was you know very under he had an underdeveloped skill set he wasn't really what he was until he w- went to L A I thought his his career flourished. Once he went to L.A. and I think a lot to do with that is playing with obviously, you know, playing with Kobe and how he demands the best and demands greatness from his teammates and it just 
he like I said, like I said, he he his team, you know, after Shaq left him, just weren't even comparison to what the teams that he had with Shaq, like the, to the role players and the veterans. I mean, probably Derek Fisher was probably his best role player, and then maybe Metal World Peace, and that's it. I mean, you really had guys that were kind of borderline. You know, fringe NBA players. Jordan Farmer won a championship. One of them, like guys like that, that were just Andrew Bynum. Obviously, Andrew Bynum had his had his you know good few years here and there, but he kind of teetered out of the league. And it's just like he really played with a lot of fringe talent. Didn't really play. Didn't have a strong roster that LeBron what LeBron has right now with the, with the Lakers right now. So it's like he really single handedly can't you know really carry those teams, you know, and then you can go back to, you know, the 81 game, uh, 81 point game, and, you know, he, I mean, he would hit his, his Ackerman, his intelligence, his skill set was impeccable, how he was able to, you know, able to use guys to, to, I mean, he was able to, you know, count, he was able to counter his defenders with, pretty much every book uh, every trick in the book like he uh, I mean, he operated from the um probably from the 16 to 18 foot area with ease you know he posted up guys he he was able to operate well in that triple threat position shot a lot of fadeaways and and fallaways and he was i mean he was uh, he had all the he had all the bags and tricks in the bag he was he was a dominant offensive player, but he also was a good defensive player as well. I think he was all defense about a, a good amount of times. Like, I mean, he won the MVP as well a few times, had Finals MVP a few times. So let's I don't know, man. You can go we can go all night about all the accomplishments he had. And just he's gonna come come down as an all time great, and it's just probably this is one of the most devastating tragedies to 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 happen for a superstar player. I mean, we've seen tragedies, but this one was just so shocking, and it hit home for everybody. You know, I'm kind of teary eyed just talking about it because it's just it's just so sad. Just two two days, but eventually I'm I'm, I'm moving. I'm, I'm definitely moving on. I mean, those feelings are definitely starting to pass. We're we're all starting to kind of move on. I mean, um, like I said, the right now I'm watching the um, Celtics against the Miami Heat. The Lakers and Clippers game got postponed tonight, so we're still mourning. LA is still mourning of the, you know this tragic death, and it's just I don't know. Like I said, we're just it's just a sad, sad, it's going to be a sad week, man. And just, you know, maybe a sad month. You know, in a couple of weeks, All-Star Weekend will be coming. We're going to get into the reserves in just a second with that. I gave you the starters last week. I'm going to give you the reserves this week. But it's just a sad, sad week. And just, and hopefully, you know, all you know in the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend, they, they do a, a huge tribute for Kobe. Um, Black Mamba, rest in peace, man. All right, we're gonna move on. Um, let's move on with the reserves that I picked for both East and West. Um, 
So yeah, I mean this will be part of episode thirty. So so you guys know. I know I'm going on for almost a half an hour now. But this will be part of episode thirty. I'll probably have episode thirty one maybe next week. It's all gonna be pretty much based on All Star Game. Hopefully the I believe the reserves might be coming out next week. So maybe I might be the have the reserves, the official reserves by next week. Or any, you know, all star events or whatever or contestants. Maybe they might announce them next week as well. Um What else? Working on to see if I can get some guests. Not hundred percent sure yet, but if I can um, that will be, it'll be based on that. It'll be based on Kobe talking about his life and legacy. But yeah, so let's move on to the reserves that I chose. Let's start with the East. All right. Um, I pretty much put it like this. I have two forwards, one center. Excuse me, I have three forwards, one center, and three guards, which is a total of seven players for each team. So, to start out, I would say, I would say Jason Tatum deserves to be a reserve this year. I think he's having a great season. I think his shooting could be better, but I think overall, I thought he's played pretty good. I think he's scoring well. Um, rebounding the basketball well. I think he's averaging almost eight rebounds a game. Um, he, he's definitely, for some reason, I don't want to say for some reason. Sometimes I've, I've, sometimes I'm critical of Jason Tatum because I watch him every game. So I, I'm probably his biggest critic. But I think he did well with the fan voting. He definitely did well with the fan voting. So people are definitely um, a big fans of Jason Tatum. So... Like I said, there's a lot of good, but but yeah, like as his plus minus was was really really high this year. So you know, you're seeing the result of him playing. It definitely helps the Celtics, you know, have a chance to win every night when he's out. I think one thing I would have to say that really has improved with Jason Tatum this year is his defense. I've definitely noticed that he's he's a much better defensive player this year when he's engaged. He can really cause a havoc out there. He gets multiple steals a game. I think he averages about close to two steals a game. Like, he's definitely a guy that's active on the defensive end when he's engaged. He definitely makes them a better defensive player out there. And I think that has something to do with his plus-minus being so high because his defense is just as good as his offense this year in spurts. Obviously, we all know he's a brilliant offensive player. Um, he's definitely done a good job of mastering that step back three. That's been his go-to shot. Uh, not as good as James Harden's step back three, but it's 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 pretty it's it's up there. I mean, he's I think he's really mastered that shot. I'd like to see him really kind of, you know, be a little bit more of a better finisher. That that's probably my probably my biggest critique with him. He's got to be better at finishing inside. Getting, you know, getting to the line more. 
And I think once that happens, sky's the limit for Jason Tatum. But he still deserves to be an all-star this year. Without a doubt, I think he deserves it. So he's, you know, that's one player that I have. Um, Also, Jimmy Butler is another reserve I have. Um, You know, for Miami to do what they're doing, they're right now number two in the East. You know, not a lot of star caliber town around Jimmy Butler and He's probably probably the lone star on the team. I mean, that's you got to give it to him. We all know what Jimmy Butler's all about. He's a two-way player, elite defensive player, can rebound well, can pass the ball. His passing's gotten better. He's a much better playmaker than what he was. He's all he's an all-around basketball player. He's just he's, his skill set is is he can do it all out there. He, we all know he's a hard worker. He's been like that since day one, and he just instills that energy to his team. And that's probably why Miami's having such a great start this season because, you know, of his, you know, uh, you know, he pretty, his DNA translates to the team. And I think, I think Miami, I mean, Pat Riley did a good job of getting him because he basically fits the DNA of the Miami. He, he fits the DNA of what Eric Spolster wants to do. Game in and game out. He wants a hard-working team. And that's what Jimmy Butler's all about. He's a hard-working superstar. You know, he, he had to get it out the mud. And he's been like that, you know. You know, we didn't expect Jimmy Butler to be this good. The same thing you could say about Kawhi Leonard. We didn't expect Kawhi Leonard to be this good. These guys were, you know, you didn't, they, had, you know they didn't have the greatest college careers. You know, Jimmy Butler was a transfer in college, so, I mean, he went to Marquette, I think his junior year, you know, he wasn't at Marquette his entire, you know, four years, so, yeah, so I would say Jimmy Butler, he definitely well deserved to be a reserve this year, without a doubt, Um, my other forward would be Ben Simmons, which is a given, we all know what Ben Simmons can do. For someone that can't shoot a jump shot, he still finds a way to impact the game in all in all ways, to rebounding, to passing, to driving. I mean, he's such a um, impactful player in that aspect. How he can just um, he can be a relentless um, dribble penetrator and and able to rebound with the best of them. So you got to give it to Ben Simmons. Sixers have kind of been, you know, they had their moments this year. Then you know, the record doesn't reflect that. But when they're talent, when they're one hundred percent healthy, that team is going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. I mean, I'm 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 pretty much firsthand to know that because the Celtics haven't been able to beat them all year long. So Ben Simmons, you got to give it to him. Um, he's definitely one of the reserves I picked. Um, I would say for the center, I have Andre Drummond. I mean, the guy is one of the most elite rebounders in the NBA, if not the best rebounder in the NBA. Um, his offensive game has definitely gotten better over the years. Has somewhat of a developed post game that he can go to. Um, still doesn't have much of an outside game. He's kind of an old school center in that aspect, 
but his rebounding ability is is impeccable. Almost averaging, I think he's averaging like seven, 16, 17 rebounds a game, which is ridiculous. So you got to give it to him. I think he's the second best center in the East, behind Joel Embiid. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of centers in, the, centers in this league, but I think Drummond sticks out because of his his unbelievable rebounding ability and his, you know he I, I mean, he was able to get um he was able to average one point one uh, over like over one steals a game and he obviously averages close to two blocks a game so he does it on the defensive end as well and the Pistons have been you know they've been kind of a fringe team that's kind of you know, outside looking in in the playoffs, but they're still somewhat of a playoff team. Obviously, we all know how great Derrick Rose has been playing. But, I mean, some people are saying that he could be an all-star, but um, but we'll see. Um, let's get to the guards. Um, I would say Kyle Lowry sticked out to me as probably the second best point guard behind Kimba. It's not, it's not a huge point guard. Um, contingency in the East, but Kyle Lowry's, you know, he's had pretty good numbers this year. Probably the best player behind Pasco Sakiem. Consistent, twenty points. I think he's, you know, he's passing the ball well. I don't know his exact assist total, but he's always, he's always been a guy that. You know, been really good in the pick and roll. Always finds a way to make big, sh- timely shots when the, his team needs it. And he's just—that's he, what he does. He's and he's a competitor. He's a good defender as well. So he—you could say he's somewhat of a two-way player in a sense. So Kyle Lowry definitely another guy that deserves it. Definitely deserves an All-Star bid. This would be a first timer if he gets in, along with Tatum. But I had Zach Levine as a reserve, which, you know, some people might criticize me for it because he plays on a bad team. But Zach Levine is at an unbelievable season right now. He has He's averaging close to 25 a game, almost eight rebounds a game. Like, he's he's doing it all for the Bulls right now offensively. He's pretty much their lead guy. We all know how great of a dunker he is. So right now he's putting it all together as a player. I mean, I could see this is what he what he could have been. He showed glimpses of this in Minnesota before he got traded. I mean, but now he has the space to do it in Chicago and kind of just be that guy for Chicago. And he's definitely fell into um, he's definitely fell into that role pretty well for them. So he's become an all star because of it. I think he's. You know, if he doesn't become an all-star, uh, I think that'd be a huge uh, snub if he doesn't get in. He's having great, he, he has great numbers right now. Um, just because the Bucks are so good and the number one in the East, you gotta put, yeah, put Chris Middleton in. Um, his numbers are, you know, not the greatest. You know, still averages about 18 a game, similar to what he had last year. But we all know how deadly of a shooter he is. Um, has the ability to, to really um, score from, yeah, right now I'm just trying to look, I'm watching the game and they're showing footage of Kobe and stuff and LA and everyone's gathered in LA and it's just, it's just a sad, just a sad, sad thing, man. But like, 
Let's focus on this. But yeah, Chris Middleton. I would think he's definitely a, um he's an all-star in my eyes. I just he's just a guy that just finds a way to he kills the Celtics in big games as well. Whenever Greek Freak is in is in a bind right now and he and he can't score, Middleton finds a way to step up in games and that's where he's at his best when his team needs him. So that would probably complete the list for the um for the East. Now we move on to the West. For the West, I got DeMar DeRozan. Obviously, he's a Kobe fan. He grew up, you know, watching Kobe and, and idolizing him and all his moves. And he's definitely become a, a great mid-range player like Kobe was. Still hasn't developed a three-point shot. Does shoot it occasionally, but he's definitely a guy that lives in the mid-range. And he's had a great season for the Spurs. Spurs kind of like, you know... Here and there on the outside looking in on the, on the playoff hunt, but you can you can say that he deserved it. You can say Lamarcus Aldridge deserved it, but I think DeRozan was probably the most valuable player this year in all levels. Pretty underrated defender as well. We all know his defense hasn't been hasn't been his calling card, but at times he can be a good defender when he's engaged. Um, I had him listed as a forward. Some people might have him as a center, but I kind of felt like, you know, someone deserved to be that center spot. So I decided to make him a forward in the, on this team. But Nikola Jokic, I have as a forward. The reason why I have him as a forward is because Nikola Jokic plays on the perimeter. Um, you know, he plays on the high post. He's, he's a good passer out of the high post. Candace Parker is talking on TNT for anyone who wants to listen, but and this that's such you know, that's such a correlation with her with Kobe. You know, she played for the LA Sparks in the WNBA. So, you know, Kobe really um reached out to a lot of people and she reached he definitely reached out to Candace Parker. But yeah, like Nikola Jokic is um he's a he plays on the perimeter anyway, so it would work out for him to, you know, to play a forward in this game. You know, he's going to probably make some nice passes and no-look passes. No, he really reminds me of, he reminds me of the way he passes the ball. He reminds me of a modern-day Vladi D-Box in that sense. He's kind of a slow, you know, slow um, guy that's kind of, trying to think of the words to describe his game but like I said like a lot of you just comes to mind with me how he how he's just a great you know passer and he's he's a good rebounder he plays in the post so he does all that as well kind of old school in a sense but he you're gonna see him play in the perimeter you're gonna see him make you know flashy passes you know this is an all-star game so you're gonna see a lot of those Flashy plays and stuff, and Jokic is gonna be right in the middle of it, having fun out there. This is what we all live for to watch, you know, all the nice plays and the and the, and the alley oops and all all the. It's gonna be fun, but yeah, I have Jokic as uh, as one of the reserves. The West, uh, Brandon Ingram. This would be his first time. I have Brandon Ingram getting in. I think Brandon Ingram is. A uh, player gets sleeped on because he's playing on a bad team. 
I thought he's really, um, since he's, you know, he's able to kind of not be in the shadow of, you know, in L.A. where it was a lot of pressure on him to be, you know, a great player for them. He comes in more relaxed setting in, in New Orleans, and he's just really just playing, you know, playing, being himself and playing his game. I think one thing that's about him, he's really been a great jump shooter, but he's also used his ability to slash at a high level and get to the free throw line at will. And he's become a really, really great scorer because of that. And just, I think his length is what makes him so good. Not as long as, you know, Durant, but he's still he's still extremely long and he uses it well when he's getting to the rim. So, like I said, he's well-deserved. I think he definitely deserves it. I'll be shocked. Like, kind of like Zach Levine, I'll be shocked if he gets snubbed because he definitely deserves it. Definitely deserves to get a bid this year. This would be Rudy Gobert's first. Rudy Gobert is my center. As we all know, you know, Rudy Gobert may not be the best offensive player out there, but he defensively, he gets it done night in and night out. Utah Jazz is playing well right now. They're one of the top teams in the West, and I think Rudy Gobert has a lot to do with it. They had a slow start in early in the year, but ever since um, the Jazz put Joe Ingles in the starting lineup, is is made them very good defensively, and Rudy Gobert is the, the key piece to all that. That's why Utah's always going to be top five in defensive efficiency because of that guy. 7-9 wingspan. Seven foot two, like he's just a beast out there. He's the longest guy out there for a reason, and he's he's always going to be looking to block your shot. Um, for, all right, for the guards, I have I have Russell Westbrook, which you know that's pretty easy to you know to put him in it because he's having great he's having a great year. You know, and obviously he's been injured the past couple of years, but he's definitely found a way to make an impact on this team, on the Rockets. People are saying that um, the Rockets, um, him and, and James Harden are not going to coexist and it may be tough for them because they all want, all want to have the ball in their hands. But so far, so good. They've been top five in the West, so it's good enough to put them right in, right in the mix of the playoff hunt. So I think Westbrook deserves it. And it because he's, I felt like he's definitely become a little bit better than when he was last year. Last year he kind of had a so and so year where it was definitely, I don't know what it was, but he just wasn't the most efficient player out there. I still think he doesn't shoot with the efficiency that he did, you know, in his early years with Durant. But I think this is a much better uh, year for him because he just has more opportunity. And he's still going to be a great all-around player on both ends of the floor. So you just got to give it to him. Um, Damian Lillard is another guy that just has to get it. He's top five in scoring. I think he averages about 20 in a game. Lives at the free throw line. A good three-point shooter. Um, Very excellent at dribble penetrating his defenders. Yeah, Damian Lillard definitely deserves it. He's definitely become one of the better scoring guards in this league. Just would love for him to get it, put it together where he can win. He can use that scoring to help him help his teams win. But we'll have to see what, 
you know, it's tough in the West. There's so many good teams. But sometimes you just have to say, I mean, how would that translate to wins? Still looking for that from Damian Lillard. How would he, How can he be a better winner? How can he find a way to get his teams, you know, past the second round, you know? But, you know, all there's a lot of all-time greats that had that issue too, you know, KG comes to mind. He wasn't able to get out of the first round. And I think that's Damian Lillard's issue. But he's still nevertheless an all-star in my eyes. And then the final guy, which I think he deserves it. I just seen a game from him not too long ago. Uh, Suns played the Celtics. And he just went off on that game like he normally does. I mean, the guy had a... What, what did he have, a 70, 66-point game against the Celtics? I mean, 70-point game against the Celtics? I mean, he's just unbelievable scorer, man. Uh, and I never thought he would be this good. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. So, I mean, you look at his efficiency numbers. I mean, he's one of the most efficient scorers playing right now. And we all know that everyone's geared in to stop Devin Booker when they play the Suns. And yet he still finds a way to score that efficiency. It just shows you what type of year he's having. And he's he's the real deal out there. I think he's one of the best shooters in the game, bar none. And he's going to continue to show that, you know, year in and year out. And This may not be his, it may be his first All-Star game, but it's definitely not going to be his last. All right, and just a reminder, guys, um, tonight there's a big game tonight um, in Connecticut for high school basketball. Winsor against uh, East Catholic. All East Catholic's undefeated. Winsler's 9-3. and three. This is a huge game. This is probably the two best teams in Connecticut talent-wise. A lot of potential NBA players are definitely some D1 players on both sides. So... Stay, you know, look out for that game. It's uh, coming on tonight, which I'm recording this on a Tuesday. So it will be on tonight. I don't have the time, but you can look it up. It's definitely a big game to check out. We're going to wrap this up. Of uh, Wrap this up as the last segment on episode 30. Sorry, it took a little while to put it out there, but I just wanted to kind of, you know, it could have been sooner if I, you know, didn't have all the issues recording that day. But I was able to add a little bit to it to make it even more better with adding the reserves and my picks for the reserves. So it makes it a little bit better. And I went on a little bit longer than I thought, almost an hour now. All right, so we'll wrap this up. This is your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. I'm out. Peace.